Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. It's your boy, David Tyree, checking in for another week. I'm super excited. Why? I got something a little bit more refreshing. We're going into another direction. We're talking to the athletes. We're talking to some friends in the business industry. But it's time to bring you behind the camera for real. Listen, every week we're going through the process, the journey. We're getting you where you need to be to catch your moment. And this week, I got my friend, David Seth Cohen, Filmmaker, producer, director. Thanks for coming in this week, bro. Uh, so happy to be here, David. Thanks for having me. Listen, man, this, this is this is what we're here for, man. We bring you to the Q's table, the table of orange. You know, I'm not going to go too far into the Q's lane. But, man, th thanks for checking in with me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get this one out the way. So, you know... Obviously, I'm known for a moment, and we're really trying to drive our audience to their to their moment of achievement, accomplishment. But okay, I got to go back to back in the day. Where were you when you saw the helmet catch, and what were your thoughts? And you know, like I said, if you got any story, cool. If not, we're good. Move on. Man, um, back in the day with the helmet catch, I was hanging with my dad nice. watching the Super Bowl, and um, I believe. We were in my parents' house. Okay. And it was, it was I'm a Giants fan. Uh, so, boom. So, we, we, we got disclaimers. Yes. Bo so, we vibe. Bo born into a Giants family. Nice. And so, Smart it people. was like, uh, there's no way the Giants are going to win this game. <laughs> we're screwed. It's over. And then, like, Manning's almost getting tackled somehow. And, he doesn't have wheels. Like, At all. No. Like, That's Manny couldn't run. That was the one thing about Manny. Like, he had a great arm and a precise, Absolutely. but the guy could not run. Yeah. Somehow he escapes being tackled, Multiple throws defenders. up a prayer, <laughs> and there you are jumping in the air. No doubt. And catching the ball on your helmet and landing. It was like, it was just the craziest moment yeah. as a Giants fan watching that. Oh. And being like, oh my God, we actually have a chance. We, we, we could potentially come back and win this game. We could win this game. No doubt. And um, it, was, it was a cool moment for me yeah. uh, as a Giants fan. And that just, anytime the Giants won a Super Bowl, it was always like super exciting. Of course. Um, but that was a big victory because like, you know, the Patriots were ridiculous. 18-0. Yeah. I mean, they were undefeated. It was, they were going for the Dolphins record if i remember correctly Heck right yeah they would have took it out they were already 18 and 0 so they chipped this they yeah. chipped the 17 and 0 dolphins and you know we sent them home packing yeah <laughs> it was it was a it was a great moment i no, mean it was good it was awesome and I, I can't even imagine how it felt for you getting up from that yeah. and then even after like you know winning the the super bowl and I mean, that's just like such an epic moment in somebody's life, especially like a player. I can't even imagine what it's like. All super euphoric, man. But uh, like I said, it, for me, it's always a moment that I share with, it's like sharing it with the Giants community, the fans, the people, yeah. the football community in general, having a moment. But, um, but bro, clearly, you know, it's not about me. It's about, it's about your moment. So let's get, I gotta, I gotta get straight to it. And I don't even want to make any assumptions, bro. So like, what would you call your defining moment, your filmmaker, your producer, you've been in this, really, this is what you've wanted to do and you've been doing it. Yeah, since I'm a kid. I've, so, I've you know, it. I know, it's, I know, you know, we're going to talk about finding Sam. I don't want to make any assumptions, but what <laughs> would you say is your defining moment in your career at this point? As, as a filmmaker? 
like uh, how about just life let's just it, let's it, leave it, it with life your defining so moment life um i would say i'm gonna give you my top three moments of my life give it to me okay so one marrying my wife Okay, let's go, okay. big dog. Yeah, she's amazing and and uh, super supportive. And, awesome. And yeah, I wouldn't be who I am without her. So go ahead, give, give her, and, and I'm not just trying name, to kiss her, her ass because she's give, here. Give a name out there. We want, we want Hillary Corman slash Cohen potentially soon. She hasn't changed her name. Hillary, yet. we love you. Yes. Um, two, uh, finding out that I was going to be a father and having a boy. Boy, dog. Okay, like boy, let, yeah, we got to lean in. We kind of got into this. Talk about the importance of. Even though it's like this subtle thing in every and almost every dude, right? We're gonna say almost, almost, like the energy when you found out it was a boy. Oh, I mean, we were hanging out in our uh, our bed, just kind of uh, about to watch a movie. Yeah, it was a Saturday night, and um, the, the her email comes on her phone, and she opens it. And it's from the the doctor's office yeah. and with the blood test, because you know we got a blood test to find out whether the baby was going to be healthy and all that kind of stuff, and it. Also, we tested to see if it was a boy or girl. Excellent. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, Y chromosome. I'm like, that's a boy, right? She goes, yeah, I think it's a boy. I got up out of bed. I'm like running around. Yes, boy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was super pumped. Um, that, so that was my number two. No doubt. Uh, my, my number three best moment of my life uh, so far was... Uh, March 26, 2022, my film premiered at the Garden State Film Festival and watching 200 people see my film and react to it yeah. was like epic. It was super cool. Um, you know, unbelievable moment where, you know, you work on this film I happened to work on for 15 years. How about, so, yeah, I say, let's so, get the backdrop because I, I, I peeped you on, uh, we might have peeped each other on LinkedIn many years ago. And this was a sub, this was, this was in a working. Yes. So, you know, talk about because you are the epitome of catching your moment at the end of the day. <laughs> like, this was not uh, a wham bam, thank you, ma'am experience. So, talk about your journey toward, toward what, what, what just took place in March. So I, I worked on the movie Big Daddy back in 1998. I graduated college from Towson University in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, Meggett, David Meggett went there, former giant. Okay, Big Towson, yep, okay. Yep. I uh, actually played it for the Ravens, so I'm you know, past Towson. So, so you know the area. Yep. So I went to Towson, graduated in 98. Uh, first job out of college, I actually worked for a wedding photographer. I was just like kind of an assistant holding these like lights as, you know, as he would shoot, I would go around and hold in the lights. Nice. And then after that, I started applying for jobs in the film industry. I just wanted to get on any film that I could find. And I applied nice. to every single production company in Manhattan. I couldn't find a job, nothing. Wow. No callbacks, nothing. Finally, I got lucky and I got a job on the movie Big Daddy starring Adam Sandler. And back, wow. yeah, back in the day, uh, you know, when I was a kid, as I was growing up, like in the 90s and whatever, Sandler was on uh, Saturday Night Live. Of course. Really, really loved him on Saturday Night Live. Loved the Hanukkah song. You know, being a Jewish guy. No doubt. Uh, there was never, there were never any Hanukkah songs ever yes. on the radio. Like during Christmas season, <laughs> there was not one Hanukkah song. And it was like, you know. We need y'all needed some love. We, we've, Sandler came out with the Hanukkah song and it was like, we got one and got it's actually really funny and cool. Like, so it made you feel cool to be Jewish for a change. You know, hey, yeah. we finally got something going. So, so love, loved him for that. And then, you know, obviously his earlier films, uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer. 
loved those movies. And so he was like a hero of mine. Definitely yeah. iconic. So the fact that I got to work on Big Daddy, knowing that he was going to be the star. And by the way, Big Daddy was originally named Guy Gets Kid. They changed it to Big Daddy. Little fun fact for Big you. Big move, because yeah. I would not have known. I don't think I would have caught on. Have you on. seen it? Guy Gets Kid? Scuba Steve was my guy, too. <laughs> it, was, it was a great story. But go <laughs> I, I actually had to pick up that costume and deliver it to set. That's Scuba fantastic. Steve. <laughs> so anyway, I'm working on Big Daddy, 1998. Uh, just out of college. No, no cell phone at the time. Time, yeah. nothing um you know just trying to trying to make it in the world trying to hustle and, uh you know my boss who was a costume designer the the night of the premiere for the Waterboy, it was actually november 4th 1998 sandler wanted to wear clothing from the set of big daddy okay so my boss says hey david take these clothes deliver them to the doorman at adam's apartment then i want you to take home this girl autumn she was another pa in my department okay after you drop her off you can take the car back to the to the office and then you could go home for the night i was like okay great so I, I go to Sandler's building. I double park the car. I say to Autumn, hey, I'll be right back. Yeah. Go into the building, hand the doorman the clothes. He hands them back to me. He says, hey, just bring them up to Adam. I go, okay, okay, no problem. Oh, wow. Don't have a cell phone, so I just figured it would be a two-second thing. Sure. Go up to Sandler's apartment, knock on the door. From behind the door, he's yelling at me like he yells in his movies. Who is it? What do you want? <laughs> and I was like, ah, it's Dave. I'm just a PA here to deliver your clothes to the grumpy old man. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, the guy opens the door. He's got a huge smile on his face. And he goes, hey, man, you want to come in and hang out and have a drink? And I kind of froze at that point. Bro. Because, uh, yeah, like, in my head, I'm like, all right, my boss is going to kill me if I stay. Wow. I have the, the girl Autumn in the car, double parked. Like, I don't want to get fired. And then, and, and then the other part of me is like, dude, he's like your hero. You got to stay and have the drink. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> and, like, I just... I. I said, look, I, I can't, I can't stay. I got to go. I got Autumn in the car. I got to drive her home. Wow. And I left. Never had the chance to hang out with him again. Fast forward now. Yeah. To uh, eight years later, 2006, I turned 30, um, living in my grandmother's basement apartment Ooh. with my girlfriend at the time and my two dogs. Okay. Uh, I'm a producer at a, at a Catholic TV station. Gotcha. And I'm Jewish, so it was a little, you know, unorthodox. That's, that's nice. Great job. Appreciated the opportunity. Love what I was doing. Just we love the diversity. Diversity. But it was, you know, I was, I was, my, I had a priest as my, as the host of my shows. So it just, you know, it just wasn't really, it wasn't really where I thought I would be in my life at age 30. I always I gotcha. hoped that I'd be making movies and, you know, doing what I always want to do, which, sure. was, which is making films. Got it. And so uh, one night I had this dream where I went to California and I went to start looking for Adam. So this is a real dream. This is not like, like a, a dream in your head. This is no. like real dream. Real dream. Like I would toss and turn at night sometimes thinking like, hey, what if I stayed and hung out with Adam? You know, would he have given me some cool advice or, you know, what would he have said to me that might have put me in the right path? You know, yeah. There could have been something. It's, I always equate this to like, you know, some, some huge tech guy that like passes up an opportunity to hang out with like uh, Steve Jobs when sure. he was alive. Like, you know, somebody some, put you on Bitcoin and you, you miss out on Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> in some sort of way. You I think know? we all got a few yeah. of those, but yeah. I, I, I didn't look at it as a monetary thing. It was more of like, you know, what could he have said to sure. impact my life, you know, as, as a hero of mine. And, and so I never had that. So I had this dream. Yeah. And in the dream, I went to California. I went looking for him and I would run into people from the set of Big Daddy and asked them to help me. Nobody wanted to help me. And then somehow I ended up in my vision of his production company. Wow. And, and I'm like in the lunchroom, right? And I'm sitting here and someone's sitting here and I'm talking to them. And then all of a sudden Adam Sandler's diagonal and he starts talking to me and we start talking and then we start walking and talking and I woke up. 
And when I woke up, I was like, all right, I ha- this is a sign. I've got to do something about this. Sure. Or I'm just going to regret this whole thing for the rest of my life. Man. Yeah. And it was at that moment that I decided that I was going to make a movie and uh, called Finding Sandler. And I was going to document my quest to find him and try and have the drink that I passed up in 1998. Listen, 15 years to get a drink. Yep, 15 years. So, because I'm, I'm tracking the timeline. So, so this, this is so monumental because, number one, you're actually here now where with every story in between, and I'm sure some will get into, but now, March 26th, this year, your story, actually, even currently, it's still planned, it's still in festivals, yes. it's still premiering in different locations. Yep. Talk, talk to me about, just like I said, this, this, the process, and I would even say, not just the process, what was the most painful like you know get give me that real nugget for you know because there's aspiring people creators everywhere in this generation and you've gone forth and done it before it was a thing to do (laughs) okay so talk to me a little bit about the process and what that took you through and maybe the most painful the most painful part of the whole process was for six years the film was like sitting on a shelf whoa yeah so um so this could have technically been at least done yeah. within 10 years, eight years, nine years. Well, I was hoping that, you know, when I first started the movie, I was like, oh, I have a production company. This sure. is easy. We can get this done quick and like, boom. And then I was like, oh, no chance. Like it ended up not being what I thought. Got it. You know, there was a lot of hurdles. Um, you know, when you're trying to deal with, a, you know, getting a celebrity in your film. Sure. You're not just dealing with the celebrity as you know, the human that they are. Yep. You're dealing with all the, the roadblocks and handlers that are in the way. That's so true. And, and so that, that takes some time. And then, you know, on top of that, um, I had done this Kickstarter campaign uh, to raise money for post-production okay. where I had, I had a bunch of versions of the film early on and I never liked the movie. I actually hated the movie oh, at, wow. at a certain point in time. Got it. And um, it just wasn't what I thought it could be. Sure. Uh, so I did this campaign to raise money and I was hoping that uh, ultimately uh, I would bring on a company to come and help re, you know, re-edit the movie yeah. and make it into what I wanted. That whole thing ended up being a disaster and ended up in a lawsuit. So I ended up in a lawsuit for Got six it. years. Wow. Yeah. And I finally won the lawsuit at the end of, uh, like, right before the pandemic. Oh, wow. Um, and everything finally got, came to fruition, fin- got you know, finalized. Got it. Recently. Wow. From, from that whole thing. So, um, Man, you it, are. You- yeah, the film was shelved for, like, six years. Bro, you got, you got an iron will, bro. I mean, thank God you, you're the winner. You're a winner, too. Let me just acknowledge the fact <laughs> that you're a winner. You won the case. Yeah, I did. I did win the case. I, was, I, I knew I was right. But, yeah. you know, the, the, here's the way I looked at it. I had done a campaign. There were, like, I believe 400 and so, 400-something people sure. that had donated to this film and that wanted to see it done. Yep. You know, 400 people isn't a crazy amount of people, but it's, it's a good amount of people. Sure. And a lot of it was friends and family and then people that just kind of wanted to see this movie. No doubt. And... Um, that was always on my my shoulders. It was like I not only do I have to finish this film for the for all the people, the crew, the team that helped out. Yeah. But all these people that donated because they wanted to see it done, I had to finish it for them as well. So oh. it wasn't just about me getting this done. It was about everybody that was involved, everybody that had you know a, a little part sure. in anything for the movie. It was for them as well. 
Man, listen, because that's what I think about. Anytime we set out to do something significant, and I think you have to keep the end in mind because that's that is like the the motivation. But what's not often taken true account is the missteps, the the, the hurdles. You actually mentioned this, and I, I guess you could say I've had my moment in the sun with the helmet catch, and I know how it can feel to be exhausted. And for people to want your attention, I'm talking about I had a micro moment, right? Like in, in relation to an Adam Sandler. So it's not easy when you, you want to be a human, you want to be a nice person, but you need your handlers. So what was that like? Was there any just like deflating moments? I, I, obviously, you, let, me get a little, you let me get a glimpse of this. So I saw a couple like real moments, you know, like where you were like down in the clouds. Like, hey, man, I need you to make some calls, man. I'm like, <laughs> what was that like emotionally? Were you really going through it? Did you really want to go home and go to sleep? That day, uh, you know, just tell me what what kind of allowed you to get yourself together in the midst of it. You know, there were definitely a lot of moments where it was hard. Yeah, you know, um, you know when you when you keep trying to get up a mountain and then you keep getting knocked back down, and you got to keep going back up that mountain, get knocked back down. Sure, and it happened multiple times throughout the movie. You know, it was hard, but again, like you know. There was a team involved. There were people involved. That's and, good. and I didn't want to let anyone down. It's awesome. And so for me, you know, I'm a team player. I don't like to let people down and, and, and I'll fight until the last breath. You know, at the end of the day, there's, there is a point where you have to stop. You yeah. Know? So you have to stop and say, okay, have I done enough to call it a day? You know? <laughs> um, and, and at that point, you do. Yeah. Um, but you got to keep going until until that moment. You know, you, awesome. you'll know in your heart when it's time to stop. That's good yeah. because I think when you're like I said, when you have ambition, and especially I can imagine as a as an as a filmmaker, as a creator in general, there's there you you know there has to be so much persistence involved to do something that's unique and creative that that will drive an audience, right? Yeah. So you know, tempering that is is. Have you ever been on the other side? Like, so now that you've, you've established a real amazing career for yourself, even outside of finding, you know, finding Sandler, have you ever experienced the other side of that? Whereas maybe another, a young, a young kid, young creative trying to bust, trying to bust in. I get messages. It's funny. I get messages on like LinkedIn all the time from, mm. from people all over the world that you, you just want to work. Yeah. You know, that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to work, right? Everyone wants to have a job and be doing what they want to do. I try to respond to everybody. For the try. most part, I would say I, I respond to everybody. Sometimes there are like outrageous messages sure. that, that you don't respond to. But, you know, I try to respond. Yeah. Um, I try to be as friendly as possible. I'm always open to giving advice. If anybody needs advice about something, um, it doesn't take a lot to be nice to people. Man, come on, you tell know. the truth, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't. No, seriously, like yeah. you know, and, and, and I, that's that's kind of one of my questions that I could allude to. Who, you know, and whether feel free to name drop, but who's the biggest jerk that you've met? I mean, uh, like we've all met a few jerks. Are we right? talking about celebrities? Yeah, like mostly in the celebrity lane. Like you know, I can imagine you might might have bumped into a few on the on the on the journey to finding Sandler, but. Who is the biggest jerk? Like you appear, even if we don't know them, even if we only know them in that moment, you appear to be a jerk for no reason. I feel like Emeril Lagasse wasn't the easiest guy to deal with. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I, I made him smile once and that made me proud. I was like, oh, I got him to smile. At yeah. least I got him to smile. Um, but he, you know, in the movie, he, yeah. he, you know, I try to, I try to talk to him and it, it's not very easy. He's got two handlers that are like trying to get me to go away and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not budging. <laughs> and, um, 
when I met with him earlier that day inside the bookstore, I don't want to give too much away from the movie. No, but no, it's all right. Yeah, y'all got to check. Y'all got to check out Finding Sandler immediately. We'll talk more about where we can find it. But go ahead, talk. So, talk so essentially, in the movie, we decided that we wanted to get Emerald to try and to come and cook appetizers. If I had the drink with Adam, I was like, if I'm going to have this drink with Adam Sandler, it's got to be like the coolest drink he'll ever have. Yeah, this can't be the Chinese food store yeah, in, yeah. In, in Long Island or you know Jersey. You know, <laughs> right. so so one of the things we decided to do was try and get Emerald to cook an appetizer. So I ultimately. We, we snuck our way into a bookstore because back then you, you didn't have an iPhone that you could just go in and film with. Yeah. So what we did was we created a bag cam. So we had like this big, like the Barnes and Noble cam. bag. We carved a hole in it, put the camera in the bag. <laughs> this guy, Vincent Shrinkowski, came up with this brilliant idea. This and we went in and I, and I asked Emerald straight, straight, like we're talking right now. Hey, sure. Emerald, you know, can I get a few minutes of your time to talk? And he said, yeah, no problem. You, you, it might be late. I said, no problem, I'll wait. So when he came, when his handlers came out, sure. he didn't want to talk to me anymore. He wanted to go home, and I wasn't going to have it. I was I wasn't leaving until he came out to me directly and said, yeah. "I'm not going to talk to you," because then let him let him say that to me directly in front of the cameras and sure. But at the end of the day, I made him smile. He was he was all right, nice. I went to shake his hand. He didn't shake my hand. He went right <laughs> in the car. But it's a great scene in the movie. No, I mean, listen, it, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. you know, my point in asking that is. You know, having the experience, I always tell people I've, I've been as low as you can go as an athlete. I've been the guy who wasn't desired. I was fortunate to get drafted, which is obviously not everybody. But, you know, I've gotten arrested as a player, felt like a loser. And I've had a chance to climb the mountaintops and be on television shows and random stuff after the helmet catch. So I kind of know the lows of the lows. Like, and I know the highs of the highs. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of versed. But I've, but I've always wanted to be honest, right? Like the best thing, the worst thing we could do is say, hey man, I'm, I'm just not, I can't promise you anything, right? Then you could temper your expectations right, right. and be like, well, right. he didn't promise me anything. No. But um, no, nah, that's, that's cool. I, like I said, I've come across my fair share of, I'll call them perceived douchebags. Like, cause, <laughs> you know, I like that. You know, the reason why is you only, you can't judge a person in the moment. I've been judged incorrectly in a moment, yeah. it's tough. Look, you know, he had a long day. He might yeah. have been tired. He was signing books all day. I'm sure his arm was hurting him. Yeah, all that. You know, I'm familiar I, with it. Trust yeah, me, I'm familiar yeah, with yeah. that side. You so know? I'm saying, like, I, I also get it. You know what I mean? Like, That's I get good. it. But for my movie, like, I wasn't going to give up no matter what. So no, there was, no, chance, there was right. no chance I was leaving until he actually <laughs> came out. So, Man, that <laughs> is fantastic, yeah. man. Um, what, what are some of your other proud accomplishments? And I think we'll probably get back into some of the stuff we're finding out. But what are some of your proud accomplishments as, you know, as you've developed this career? Talk about your production company and maybe sure. some of the stuff that you, that you still do currently. Yeah. Um, so I do commercials, corporate videos, oh. uh, promotional videos, gala and fundraising films. I've helped raise a lot of money for nonprofits, which I love awesome. because it goes to a good cause. Um, I would say out of all the stuff that I've done in my production company, uh, beyond like Finding Sandler. Uh, which the, is huge. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one standout film for me, um, which will always be close to my heart and no pun intended here, was the, the American Heart Association film I did. It was the first one I ever did for them called The Heart of a Dancer. Mm. And uh, it was about this fourteen-year-old uh, uh, woman at the time. Sure. And uh, she she was a dancer, and she ended up having a major heart problem, and had to get surgery. And when and she got heart surgery, open heart surgery, and and at the hospital, 
when when it was all done, she's like, there was like six months till nationals, mm. and she was like, oh, I'm gonna get better, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dance at nationals, and I'm gonna win, and and everybody like her family and her coaches and all of them like, oh, just you know, just get better. Like yeah. they're all like, yeah, no freaking chance, right? <laughs> this girl ends up going to nationals six months later and winning. Wow, epic, unbelievable, and beast, that, and, and the. The content, just the the everything about that film, sure, is moving, emotional, uh, and and it's just a, such a great story that I'll I'll always I'll always love it. And the cool part about the whole thing is, after the fact, sure. I ended up becoming friends with the family. So every now and then, I I'll see them and speak nice. to them, and yeah. So it was a that was that's probably one of my favorite films that I've ever ever made. Well done. That's an amazing story. My my mom actually passed away from a heart attack, so. I actually did some work with American Heart Association. So that, listen, another, another, another connection. Yeah. Powerful, powerful work through storytelling. So you're adding so much value. So I got I to gotta think, because you're right here in the, in the middle of an amazing moment, make sure everybody finds a way to see Finding Sandler. Um, now that you've kind of got to this apex experience and the, and, the, and the film is done, what are some of your goals moving forward? I know, I know there's tremendous work and stability within your company, but is there anything big on us on the horizon from David Seth Cohen? Another great question. This, guy, <laughs> this guy's filled with great questions. Um, yeah, so I have uh, a tennis comedy that I wrote with uh, three other people. Nice. Uh, and we hope to you know raise enough funds to get that made. In fact, previous to the pandemic, we had raised a significant amount of money. Uh, two and a half million dollars, um, nice. and but we we our investor wanted us to match the money. Unfortunately, mm. we weren't able to match it in the <gasps> in the time frame that he gave us. So he yeah. gave he gave he gave you a, a time a time frame. Yeah, it was like six months. Oh you, you ever see the movie Brewster's Williams? Uh, Brewster's Millions back in the day, Richard Pryor. Oh gosh, sadly I can say so, I haven't. That's okay, sad. So Brewster, <laughs> Brewster's Millions years ago. Uh, you should definitely check it out, Richard Pryor. Uh, in the movie, he was. Uh, his uncle, his uncle passed away and left him like, it was some sort of ridiculous amount of money, 35 million or something. Okay. And he had to spend all that money in a certain amount of time to be able to actually get the money. <laughs> right? So, yeah, it was this whole big thing. And and that's anyway, way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, so my, I feel like my, my quest to find this, uh, this, this matching money was like <laughs> the opposite of that where I had to find this match oh, to be able man. to make it. So anyway, we weren't able to match it at that point. And so we had to send the money back to the investor. Oh, top, top 10 worst days of my life, sending that back. Sending but back so, two and a half So yeah, so, so that film is still- uh, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin style, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you. So that film is still uh, kind of you know, on, the on the burner. Right, listen, listen, we, got, we, got, we yeah. got work to do. Yes, yes. And then um, recently, I do a lot of uh, commercials and there was an agency that, that brought me on to help produce a bunch of political ads. Nice. And I was uh, you know, in the car just you know, BSing with- uh, the director who uh, who I work with on all these spots, we shot like okay. over twenty commercials in nice. a two month span in a variety of cities around the country. And That's a lot of commercial work. Yeah, yeah. They should have hired me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you should be a politician, man. So um, I'm missing out on all the money grabs. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so so the quick story is we're hanging out in the car. Yeah. Me, me and this guy Eric, and uh, I tell him, oh, you know, I'm looking to try and do an animated pilot for a 30 minute series. Like I want to do a, a series of, you know, for like a Netflix or, or, nice. or Hulu or, or prime or whatever, you know? 
And um, I originally wanted to do something that was kind of like a, like a Star Wars parody. I'm a big Star Wars fan. I love like, that it's got action and comedy and like, all That's, of that. Who's your favorite character from Star Wars? Oh, jeez. Uh, any, any, any part of the whole... I mean, Yoda. Beast. Yeah. Easy grab. He's short like me. Yeah. He's like super powerful Jedi. <laughs> and he's got the best wisdom. Like the wisdom of Yoda the, is, Yo is Yoda's, awesome. Yoda's wisdom is... is it's brilliant. I mean, it's just... I mean, do or do, do or do not. There is no try. There is no try. Like, all these are, like, major things to live by. <laughs> like, seriously. Yoda major is things. Whenever somebody sends me a message and, they, like, you know, I text somebody, I'm like, oh, you know, can you, can you do this? Oh, I'll try. I write back. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> Immediate response. Immediate response. Hey, every get time. that crap out of here. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. So you can do it or you're not going to do it. No just doubt. Be straight with me. Oh, bro. See, I'm, that's, that's, that's like music to my spirit right there. Yeah. That's how I am. Shoot straight. Yeah, just be shoot straight with me. So, so uh, I had this idea and a couple weeks later, he uh, sends me a text message. And he's like, hey, I, I got a couple ideas for some shows. You mind if I write something? I'm mm. like, all right, you know? And I'm like, you know, Eric's a political writer. He writes political ads. I'm like, all right. So, you know, in my head, I'm like, can he pull this pull off? This off? <laughs> <clears throat> Long story short, he, uh, uh, like a week later, he sends me the first five pages of this thing. It's like a tease. And I'm reading it and I was blown away. I was like, it, hmm. you ever see Deadpool? Yeah, no doubt. So it made me feel like Deadpool. And I love Deadpool. I think yeah. Ryan Reynolds' sarcasm in that movie and the, the writing of the movie. It, yeah. It, it, that's how it made me feel. And then he's, I said, listen, this is amazing. Got it. Keep going. So he, wow. he, he goes and he, he writes a full 30-page script, which is 30 pages wow. is, is 30 minutes. Got it. And blown away by the whole thing. Legendary. I love it. And so uh, the project's called Code of the Samurai. Okay. And we don't want to do it like, you know, your typical uh, Japanese anime. We want to do it with, like, different kind of characters. And it's, it's just a really cool... Funny, action-packed, oh. animated series. You got the name. You got the name. Yeah. Code of the Samurai. Code of the Samurai. Last Samurai was one of my favorite ones, so I think I'm, I'm ah. kind of fall for, for yeah. anything with, with Samurai in it at this yeah. point in my life. Well, shout out to Eric Goldman, who uh, wrote that. So, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's his yeah. name. I, I yeah. love it, man. Got yeah. all, listen, I'm getting all the behind-the-scenes vibes. So, listen, with someone with so much breadth of experience in, in film, in editing, like, you, you, you do it all. You're, you're yeah. full service. What, what would be your, your tips, right? This is the world of the creator. What are your, like, how do you stay sober in this world? Because you kind of grew up before it, in it, had have, have a tremendous skill set. How do you stay sober-minded about these pursuits that everyone has in the creative space, as well as try to pursue your dream, what you're living out right now? Well, you know, look, uh, obviously you got to pay the bills. So the yeah. production company doing the commercials and... and uh, you know, corporate videos and all sure. that kind of stuff that, that pays the bills. Awesome. Um, I love what I do. So at mm. the end of the day, you know, when you love what you do, it's not work. Like you, yeah. I, I'm sure when you were playing football, you loved football. I mean, Listen, you had to, I love running down, running down the field, feel full speed running into 600 pounds of linemen. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be no, great. I was a West, you know, I ran down on receiver. kickoff. Yeah. But you know what? There was nothing like the game. There well, wasn't. A kickoff right. returns a tough, uh, a quick, kickoff quick funny story sucks. about kick, <laughs> quick funny story about that. So I'm obviously way small than you, a short guy. Yeah. Way nothing, right? When I was in high school, I, I, was, I was always very fast. Mm, okay. So the, the football coach had said to me, hey, you know, you ever think about you know, doing kick returns? I was like, no, I, I, I killed. And so I played soccer, I played baseball, gotcha. I, I played tennis, 
Um, but uh, I kick returns, I was a little scared. So yeah. I, 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 you know, all props to you for being a, a um, solid kick returner and taking well, that. I didn't return it. I was really responsible for the guy running down to destroy the kick returner. So it's, it's pretty, like, for me as a receiver, receivers are known to be the kick returner. I was actually on the front line. Blocking. Blocking, which was a nightmare. You're a protector. Like, so just imagine, you know, think of a defensive end. And I think at one point they actually had Julius Peppers on kickoff at one point during my career. I'm on the front line. Running downfield, and I got to catch a 260-pound lineman running down on kickoff. Not the funnest thing take to do. Take out the legs? You take out the legs. You can't take out the legs, bro. I, I wish I could have me a little karate kid, a little Johnny. <laughs> sweep, out, sweep the legs. Sweep the legs. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no doubt, man. This is, this is pretty yeah. awesome. So, I mean, there, there's, there's so much cool parts. So, obviously, at the end of the day, pursue those dreams. Be practical. Yes. At, with somebody who's cultivating the skill sets. Would it, like... In your estimation of somebody who has the skills, how do you know somebody has it in the in the film creative world? Like, is there an it factor? Is there some cues? What's the intuitive nature of being, a, you know? I think, realistically, it's when you're on set and you're shooting with somebody, like, for example, a director of photography. Sure. You know, you could tell right off the bat whether they have the skills and knowledge to do what's necessary on certain shoots. Some people are, are more, you know, uh, are better for smaller shoots and other people are better for bigger shoots. Got it. Um, and so, you know, like, uh, look, somebody could have the greatest equipment in the world, but they, they might be terrible at what they do. I think the knowledge that the person brings, you, can, you learn it when you're with them. You know, this guy that I work with on a lot of my corporate stuff, um, he's been in the business for 20-something years. I mean, he's got experience. Got it. The guy that DP'd my movie, his name's Guy Morgan. He was also in the movie. Got it. Um, that guy had like 25, 30 years of experience. So gotcha. you know, it's a lot of experience. You know, people could pick up a camera and know how to shoot and make it look nice and all that. But I think in the pressure times, yeah. like it's, it's experience of Excellent. knowing what to do and when to do it. So there's no way around it. I, I think that's, that's important for everybody to listen to. If you're going to really excel and find yourself to be set apart within your industry. It's the repetition. It's yeah. the experience. Doing it. It's, it's, you know, and that's when you start getting out of the mechanical where you get into the intuitive, where your eye is catching. You know, that's, that's some of the subtleties that sports often brings out. When you get the repetition, then you realize where you can, you know, where you can kind of skirt something, cheat something, and, and, yeah. and that, that all plays its, 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 its role. So here, here's, a, here's a kind of rebound question that, you know, in light of your experiences, in light of, you know, man, like I, I, I've just I was so intrigued with your breadth of experience as well as this massive accomplishment with finding Sandler. What is your mission and what is your motivation? So I know there's a lot of things moving forward, but hey, David Seth Cohen, he's out there doing he's out there kicking. What's your mission? What's your motivation? You know, my mission has always been that I, I want to put out quality work. Excellent. You know, um, and I, I want to do what I love doing, and I want to follow my dreams and make them make them come true. I think everybody wants to do that. It's not easy, no, you know. And there's a lot of down moments, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, you know, just doing what I love. I want to just keep doing what I love. As, as long as I'm doing what I love in, then then it's not work. Awesome. It doesn't feel like work. There was a moment that I I got to refer to in, in Finding Sandler. And, and I think, like, when I look at it, man, considering the time, there were some losses, right? So at the time, you had a girlfriend. But even more intently, um, you know, your, your grandmother, who was a big part of this. 
talk to me about some of the the that part of it like man the are there scars i know this is like a massive celebration but and and tell me what the ultimate takeaway was from this multi-year you know this this decade-long pursuit as far as my grandmother goes uh, you know part of the reason i made finding sandler i know this is probably going to sound really stupid but part of the reason i made finding sandler was because i knew that my grandma had, I put her in it because I knew she had a great personality. She yep. also like, she was a rock she, star. She's great. And she also did give some funds to help me get Amazing. the film off the ground, which was huge. But in a film, and, and you know this because your, your films from sports, sure. they live on forever. Nice. So I was like, okay, if I make this movie and my grandma's in it, she's going to live on forever. Dope. And that was part of the reason that I wanted her to be a part of it. Excellent. Uh, you know, aside from that. And, She's just funny. I mean, I, I got to tell you, <laughs> that every single festival we've been at, every time she's on screen, there's laughs. Like awesome. she's she's definitely the star. Like Amazing. I'm on camera way too much. She should have been on way. <laughs> she should have been on way more. Um, Listen, I can't, I'm not going to tease anymore because I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to check this out. But um, you know that that part of it, and like I said, I, I came out. So what was the like I said? I think you you, you get into it, but. You know, you didn't, you know, like, what was the biggest takeaway from Finding Sam? The biggest takeaway was uh, the fact that, like, in the movie, I ultimately find myself, mm. you know. Uh, you know, look, originally, the movie was about, hey, I got to find Adam Sandler, and that's going to make my dream come true. Mm. But in the end, I realized that it really wasn't about Adam Sandler. Mm. He was the inspiration for the movie, and he was the reason that I kind of went and did it. But at the end... You know, it's really about making my dream come true of becoming a filmmaker. Excellent. And finishing the movie and all that, that my dream came true. I, I, I could legitimately say I'm a filmmaker. I, I have a feature-length documentary that I finished, you know. And Man, so, this is so iconic what you're saying that because you said, you know, you pursued your dream, but you ultimately found yourself within that. Man, that's like a whole bar, a whole life experience, a whole catch-the-moment takeaway in general and I think that's something that all of us can can really grab hold of because there's goals there's dreams there's achievements on the line and you don't stop once you once you you know once you accomplish something significant so that continues but if you can recognize what we gain through the pursuit man we're going to be we're going to be light years ahead um bro I, I can't thank you enough just for your story your journey you're inspiring and I know that your life is going to continue to be an example. Make sure, hey, listen, everybody, make sure y'all check, find Finding Sandler. Now that we got Finding Sandler, <laughs> you got to find Finding Sandler so we can support this guy's mission, his motivation. Dave, thank you so much for being a, go, uh, a guest with me today and sharing your story, brother. No, thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. And uh, congratulations to you on, on your podcast. And uh, here's to many more episodes to come. Listen, I'm going to have some of his wisdom in the, in the background. This guy's amazing. Listen, I want to make sure everybody, make sure you check this out. Like, subscribe, share, do everything. Let's keep this movement going. And we're going to make sure that you arrive at your destination to catch your moment. Thank you all for tuning in.